How can parents trust a medical system and an establishment and these associations pushing a vaccine on their children that we know they do not need? And of course, it's going to make all of us stop and question and say, wait a second. Well, if my kid doesn't need this vaccine and you're pushing this on my child and on me, right, as a healthy 40-year-old person, why? What, what about all the other ones? Hey, Joyful Warriors, Tiffany Justice here with Moms for Liberty. Welcome to the Joyful Warrior podcast. This is our first podcast of 2024, and we are joined by a true warrior mom in Joyful Warrior fashion. Today, Tracy Slepsebeck joins us. She is a certified integrative health practitioner, speaker, Air Force veteran, and the best-selling author of Warrior Mom, A Mother's Journey in Healing Her Son with Autism. She is educated in the field of complementary and alternative medicine and has dedicated over 14 years to researching various treatments and therapies for individuals with autism spectrum disorder. Over the years, she has worked with various doctors, scientists, advocates, and researchers, and she has made it her mission to educate families on the importance of living a healthy lifestyle. Moms, dads, you know that autism now affects one in 36 children, according to the CDC. This is an issue that we know many of you are, are faced with in your homes, in your communities, in your schools, and it's something that we want to address very directly. Uh, we want to unfold the full potential of every child in America, and we're so excited to invite Tracy on the podcast today to help us to do that. So welcome, Tracy, uh, to the Joyful Warrior podcast. Hi, Tiffany. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you as well. So tell us a little bit about your family. So I am the mother of two. My daughter is 23 years old, almost, uh, next week. And then Noah is 18 years old. And he was diagnosed with autism when he was three and a half. But the issue was that it took me two and a half years to find out what was wrong with him because all my pediatrician could ever tell me was everything that was happening was normal. So um, after many visits and many questions, nobody giving me answers, Harbor Regional Center losing our paperwork, two preschools telling me my kid has special needs, they couldn't care for him, and um, a mom and a dad <laughs> banging their head up against the wall wondering what's going on. Um, you know, it took, um, I would say, uh, God's blessings and angels that came my way to assist me on this journey. It was definitely divinely led, and um, it's it made a beautiful story. We went through a lot of trials and tribulations um, during those times. My husband fights against big insurance, so unfortunately, they fight back. Um, and they did a bogus article and he wound up on the front page of the LA Times. We lost our business of 20 years. Um, you know, it tanked my husband's reputation. And this was because he exposed big insurance for fraud and collusion on the news. And, um, you know, they came gunning for him. So it's it's been quite the roller coaster. I went on the, the bandwagon of, of researching and Overnight, I had to get my PhD in how to heal my son. Um, and, you know, 
having to deal with everything that was going on in our lives and just plugging forward. But I'll tell you, any time that I ever felt lost or alone or um, like I didn't have answers, God would always send me the most perfect angel to guide me. Well, so I think that there are many um, angels within Moms for Liberty, moms and dads who are helping each other. And, you know, Tracy, we chatted a little bit before we started. COVID really woke American parents up. I think that there were many moms that I met during COVID whose children had vaccine injuries or had been really let down by the medical community. um, And they were very skeptical of everything that was happening during COVID. I often call them the canaries in the coal mine, right? The moms who pulled their kids out from school and were homeschooling or the moms that had really been much more skeptical about the vaccine schedules that were in doctors, that doctors were giving or the American Academy of Pediatrics was recommending. Um, And so there became this real question about like, who are the experts? You know, when you have experts telling you as a mom, that your baby doesn't need to see your face, um, as a as a mother, right? And I'm a mom of four. Of, that's a lie. I mean, the American Academy of Pediatrics now is lying to me, and I know that they're lying to me, right? And so all of American moms saw that. And what you say is that with the right guidance and support, that many children with autism will grow up to live normal functioning lives with endless possibilities for the future. And that's what you've been able to give to your son, Noah, right? He drives, he goes to school, he, he has a very full life. And so take us through a little bit for moms that are listening, that maybe, um, you know, their child it, it, it has been diagnosed on the, uh, on the autism spectrum, or for moms that maybe are questioning if something is going on with their child and just aren't sure, um, what was it like? So Noah's in, in school, he's in preschool, you've got teachers telling you he has special needs and you've got doctors that are telling you that everything is okay and normal and that you shouldn't be worried. What is that like for you as a parent? Oh, it's, it, it was definitely a roller coaster ride, but I, I can say today, looking back, Noah gave me purpose. Um, so many lives I've changed writing my book and telling my story. And I knew for so many years after I jumped on the, the integrative, you know, biomedical intervention bandwagon and was able to reverse a lot of the effects of the vaccine injury. So Noah received the MMR at one and he regressed and lost all his speech, um, a lot of motor skills, uh, cognitive function. And it, it was like the lights went out in my little boy. And you just, as a parent, you know what's wrong. So first, I'm here to tell parents, um, no matter what any professional tells you, you know your child. So God gives that us that inner knowing, that intuition, whether you're a mother or a father, because I don't disregard those warrior dads out there as well. Um, but trust that inner knowing. When, when Dr. Andrew Wakefield wrote my forward, he wrote a little piece about that, you know, that innate knowing that, that God gives us to understand our children and what's going on. So when my pediatrician was telling me everything's normal, I knew deep down it was not normal. Um, you know, she's telling me regression is normal. I'm here to say personally and professionally that regression in a child is not normal. To see a child gain speech, motor skills, you know, and meet all their milestones only to lose them is not normal. 
So, and to watch your child get really sick, severely sick after a set of vaccines, and then to come to find out that the set of vaccines that he received, so he received the Vercella vaccine with the MMR, and I've had doctors recently tell me that there's a warning label on Vercella not to receive it with the MMR vaccine. Um, and these are things that we don't know. They don't give us the warning labels. The warning labels are actually there for, for them to educate us on the warnings of vaccines. Of course, that doesn't happen. Um, we're definitely waking up as a society in regards to um, vaccine injury and what's going on. But also... They're taking these kids and individuals who are extremely vulnerable, including my son, and they are brainwashing and manipulating, and they are the targets of everything, um, the whole narrative. So I went from, you know, one journey to a whole new journey when COVID hit. Um, I had no idea, even when I wrote my book, what was going on in my son's life, what he was learning in school, watching CNN news every day, um, being pumped full of all kinds of, let's call it misinformation, because that's what they, they say that we, you know, pump into our, our children in society. But it's, it's brainwashing. And at its best. So now, not only do we have to protect our children from, from vaccine injury, but we also have to protect them from schools. So it's, it's their right to get a free education. And that, us parents are having to take it on, and some parents can't take that on full time. Um, it's a lot. Either you have a lot of children, and that's just a little too much, or like in Noah's case, he was already in high school and he's like, I'm not, you're not taking me out of high school. I want to be with my friends. Um, so all we can do is love them and educate them as much as possible. So regardless of what side Noah is on, um, it's, it's still my job to educate him and love him. And if he sees that it comes from a loving space, he is receiving of it. But, you know, he's 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 told me many times, I may not, you know, believe everything that you believe, but I do know that everything that you've done for me was only to better my health and my future and everything else. I mean, the whole diet and everything has gone out the window. Um, you know, I have an 18 year old who goes to college, drives, works. So he has his own money. He buys his own garbage because he was never fed that during his, his lifetime. Um, so let's talk about that for a second, you know, if you're a mom right now, let's, let's go back to, you know, you obviously have learned a lot in the past 15 years and in working with Noah and all of the, the different learning that you've done, but for moms who are new, to this issue for moms who may uh, believe that their child's on the spectrum or, or um, you know, may their child may have been diagnosed. Um, what are some of the things that you learned very early on or that you've learned over the years that can be helpful to them in, in helping to support their child? So early intervention is key. The younger they are, the um, so in the first seven to eight years, their brains are developing. 
And that is as a small window that we have to really pump as much biomedical intervention into them as possible. Um, you know, have them eat real food, uh, join a community. Uh, I remember the first thing I felt when Noah was diagnosed with autism is I felt alone. I felt like nobody would understand me. Um, you know, how would me and Noah fit in? And, and it went on for a while because it, it was really hard for us to fit in. I had to resign from working. I had to go home. Um, you know, during this time we had lost our business. So, you know, times were tough. I, I bartered for treatments. I sold everything we owned. Um, if I could put it on eBay to pay for treatments and I negotiated, but I set a clear intention that my son was going to live a normal life. But the big thing is, is, is community surround yourself um, by like-minded people, especially these days. It's a little different these days um, that understand you that are going through similar situations. They're everywhere. You turn the corner, you will find a parent with a child with autism. Not so much 15 years ago. You, you did. Um, but not as much as today. Today, it's everywhere. So that's why I started the conference, Autism Health Summit, was to bring parents together as a community to educate them on different healing modalities, um, what's actually, what's harming them and how to get them better. You know, not just to focus on the doom and gloom because we've had a lot of doom and gloom, um, but to really focus on healing. And when I say healing, I don't mean cured or changed because I did neither with my son. My son still has his struggles for sure. Um, but he is at a fully functioning state. And that is what we all wish for our children, right? Is that they will be able to take care of themselves. They will be able to fully function. Um, they will survive without us. Um, I remember my mom always telling me because she was so hard on me. And I'm like, why are you hard on me? And she's like, I want to know that if I am gone tomorrow, you will be able to take care of yourself. And that's our goal, right? So the main thing is, is to really surround yourself by, by, with a community. So was your son in um, public school? Did so my son was in public school because during that time, um, my husband and I couldn't afford therapy. I, I took a whole biomedical approach. I cleaned up his diet. We ate nothing but real food. Noah started to come alive. He, he regained his speech. Um, with stem cell therapy, he regained his motor skills. Um, so all these different things that, that we implemented made a huge difference. And it was, it was all, you know, uh, everything had reached its point. You know, we would, we would, try something new and we would plateau and then we tried something else and plateau. And then, you know, I, I always said I threw everything at Noah, but the kitchen sink and still because he has a tanked immune system, because he has so many autoimmune issues due to vaccine injury, we, um, we have to monitor his health. Right. And we're not just Noah, but everything Noah has, I have. So um, strep, staph, MTHFR, mitochondrial disorder, 
all these different things. I mean, we're swimming in a toxic soup. So, and so are our children. And the best thing to do is to really eliminate those toxins as much as possible without driving yourself crazy. Um, because you can drive yourself crazy if you, if you truly like look at what it is we're facing. I mean, chemtrails. At, almost weekly, we get chemtrails over our heads, no matter what state you're in, no matter what country you're in. And um, is anything really organic anymore with chemtrails? Probably not. Um, so we really have to just do our best with, with what we have and the resources. Well, hearing you say that diet was incredibly important. That was one of the first things that you changed. Cause I want to talk a little bit. I don't know that everyone always understands you say biomedical interventions, right? Um, what does that mean? And so I'm hearing you say diet, diet was something that you changed primarily. What does that look like for, you know, a three-year-old? What had it, how did the way that you cooked and the food that you bought, how did that change in your house? It changed everything. I grew up that if it came in a box, a can, or a package, we ate it. Um, I, my mom didn't cook dinners. We kind of lived on mac and cheese and spaghetti. And I mean, it was like the worst American diet ever. Um, so when Noah was diagnosed in biomedical intervention is really addressing the underlying biological conditions associated with whatever. We all have uh, underlying biological conditions, all of us. No matter who you are, no matter how healthy you are, there's something underlying. And so one, I always say, find a good functional medicine doctor, integrative, alternative, they all mean the same. So um, for, for kids with autism spectrum disorder, um, maybe MAPS is the best way to go, Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs. So some parents can go to medmaps.org to, you know, find a provider in their area and they're trained to address those underlying conditions. But really to find somebody functional medicine, attach autism to it. Um, I mean, it, it really depends on you can have a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor that knows nothing about addressing the underlying conditions associated with autism. Why is the food, Tracy, so important? Can you explain why whole foods are so important? I mean, I, I, I was blessed when I was growing up. My mom cooked everything. Um, so we didn't eat a lot of stuff out of boxes. I mean, sure, cereal or chips or something once in a while. But in general, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner was was cooked. And so I was very lucky growing up. Um, and I have, you know, because that was the habit and, and what I, the way I was raised, I've done the same for my kids. But explain the importance of whole foods and why, especially with the child, I mean, for, as you've said, for everyone, this is important, but specifically for a child that's dealing with autism, why is that whole food approach so important? So, our guts are connected to our brain via our nervous system. And then also when you start to really damage the gut and the lining of the intestines, you know, and you get leaky gut, then what happens is it, it starts to deaden the, the um, epithelial cells that line the intestinal wall and create these gaps. And then those gaps, um, you know, so typically those epithelial cells are supposed to pull proteins and vitamins and nutrients into our body. Um, but what's happening because we have such a poor diet and we don't really have a lot of vitamins and nutrients and our soil is depleted of minerals. Um, 
itself. So what happens is it creates these gaps and then actually the food particles in the bad stuff gets into the bloodstream and acts as kind of like an opiate on the brain. So you have all these kids that have self-injurious behavior, you know, it starts to wreak havoc on the body. Um, so many different things that it's, it begins to create. And with that, um, we, we really are um, struggling to get these kids back to a normal state. So when you heal the body, you heal the brain. So that is my number one thing. And you have to, it starts with the food you eat. Now, if you go back to times and what God put on this earth, um, if you can pick it, pluck it, grow it, skin it, you can eat it. Um, so when, when you're continuously hungry, even after you've eaten, um, it's typically because your body is, is still starving for nutrients. So we, we need to eat, you know, half of our plate is supposed to be full of vegetables, bright colored vegetables, but uh, every meal, are we doing that? We are not doing that. We're taught to eat, you know, we're taught to snack. Um, so it doesn't give our bodies time to digest. So when they talk about intermittent fasting, it really isn't about not eating. It's about giving your body at least five hours to digest the food that you just ate. So even if you just have a couple meals a day, that's fine. But I say never skip breakfast. Super important. That's to break the fast. That's what breakfast means. It's to break that fast in you know, really uh, gets your body going, gets your metabolism going, gets everything going. But when you when you put sugar and everything, all these things that go into your body that are foreign to your body, um, then it, we don't know what to do with it. So then we start to get a lot of yeast in the gut. We start to get leaky gut from that. Then from there, um, you know, we also deal with parasites. Nobody. So back in the day, people used to do parasite cleanses at least a couple times a year because we never know, even if you eat good stuff, lettuce, there could be parasites easy. There could be parasites in your water. We don't boil our water. Nothing is guaranteed when you drink a bottle of water. Um, so all these different things and then parasites will leak into the bloodstream as well and they will wreak havoc. A dear friend of mine uh, recently went with us to do a treatment called Trudos and it's, it's a plasma treatment. And when they drew her blood, they actually, and they spun it, they actually found uh, a parasite in her blood. And, you know, if you think about it, that went through a needle. Um, and she has severe rheumatoid arthritis. So that's what's causing her severe rheumatoid arthritis is, is that parasite. So these things, there's so many different things, but food is number one. You need proper proteins to build amino acids and muscle. You need your vegetables for your vitamins and your nutrients. You need a healthy amount of like fruits, which metabolizes differently than processed sugar um, for your antioxidants. So all these things um, our body needs, if not our body craves. So typically if you crave sugar, 
you're um, either one, you have too much yeast in your body and it feeds on sugar or two, you need, you need antioxidants. Um, so your body and your brain aren't, they're not stupid. God created this body one to be a self healing mechanism. So if we put the right stuff in our body and we stop shoveling, you know, bad stuff into it, then it starts to heal itself. So this is what I did with Noah. At first I heard after reading books, so I got on the bandwagon. Um, my, my number one angel that came to me the day I found out Noah was diagnosed with autism, I had to go back to my office. Adjacent to my office was my naturopathic doctor. And um, he was walking down the hall and there truly are no accidents. And I, he saw me crying and he's like, what's wrong? And I said, well, no, was diagnosed with autism. And he's, he just backed up for a second. He looked me dead in the eye and he said, Noah, we'll be fine. I want you to go home and I want you to do your research uh, because kids with with autism are making great strides with biomedical intervention. Now, then I had no idea what biomedical intervention was. So it really is, you know, first and foremost, getting down to the basics, food, nutrition, and healing the body that way. Then supplements, because we're not getting enough nutrients. We just aren't. Even if you don't have leaky gut, um, you're typically not getting enough nutrients because our soil is nutrient depleted. So um, uh, supplementation is important. Um, and then really whatever else aids in healing. So we started some hyperbaric oxygen therapy. We had to do some chelation for Noah um, to get some of those heavy metals out of him because he was so full of aluminum and mercury and I mean, everything that's literally the recipe of a vaccine. Um, so from there, he just started to come alive. He really did. But back then, I heed a warning. Back then, I could Google healing autism and I could get so much information. And today you cannot. So so much has been censored. Um, what do you mean? Wait a second. So when you say, I mean, we live in this amazing age of information. So when you say that you used to be able to Google healing autism and there would be amazing resources for you to be able to draw from, but that doesn't exist today. Why doesn't it exist? Where have those resources gone? So it seems as though ever since COVID began that everything revolves around getting a vaccine. So if you want to be your most healthiest, you must vaccinate is what, you know, what you're going to find. But you're not going to find the organizations that are doing good and assisting parents with alternative treatments. Now, uh, functional medicine has been labeled as a bad thing. And before it wasn't labeled as a bad thing. So, so, interesting. Um, so, so Tracy, I think you hit on an important point here, right? Because for me as a mom, I've got four kids, as I said, and they've really gone through the vaccine schedule as, as, the, as it was prescribed. Um, you know, they had a pediatrician. I didn't, you know, I, I 
always asked what they were getting. I always, you know, made sure I understood why it was. Um, you know, I will say when the HPV vaccine came out and, and, and I, that was when I started questioning and said, well, I don't think my daughter needs this at this age. She's not sexually active. Um, you know, this isn't something that I believe is necessary. Um, I, it, my doctor didn't give me a hard time about it. You know, he had said he had given it to his children, but that, um, you know, there was a respect for me not wanting to, to give it. And that was fine. Um, but then COVID happens. And you have this, this respiratory illness that just doesn't seem to be affecting children. Thank God, right? Doesn't seem to be affecting children that badly. And we're all so blessed to have it not affecting children and, and hurting them and, and killing them, to be honest, right? And, and, we're, and so, you know, as parents, we're like, my goodness, how uh, this is a blessing. And yet still this vaccine pushed on us to give to our children. And I think that really was a moment for parents. Um, in California and New York, there was talk about mandating a COVID vaccine. Uh, in fact, in California, I know Los Angeles uh, Unified School District, they had actually had a mandate where they, they had said that they were going to mandate the vaccine. I don't know if I remember correctly. I think it was January of 2022 that they That's had talked LA about. County. LA County, okay, yeah. LA County. And, and uh, in New York, our moms did a, a whole thing a walkout where they put shoes and they tied shoes to, to fences and they put them all over uh, the steps to schools to show the schools how many students they would be losing if they mandated the COVID vaccine for admission and, and to be able to go to school. Um, but I think that the COVID vaccine really did wake a lot of parents up. They were like, wait a second, you've been telling us that our kids need all these vaccines for so long. And probably some of them have kept children from getting sick. I'm sure that there, I have read a lot of different studies. I'm sure there are people who will disagree. You and I may, you know, have a difference of opinion or, or I may not have all of the knowledge that you have, but certainly there are diseases that many people have died from in the history of the world that vaccines have stopped uh, that happening um, in many places. But this COVID vaccine, how can parents trust a medical system and an establishment and these associations pushing a vaccine on their children that we know they do not need? And of course, it's going to make all of us stop and question and say, wait a second. Well, if my kid doesn't need this vaccine and you're pushing this on my child and on me, right, as a healthy 40-year-old person, why? What, what about all the other ones? How many other things are you telling me? When the Academy of uh, American Academy of Pediatrics says moms don't need to see babies' faces, how many other recommendations or things that the medical community has been um, suggesting uh, are, are bad for our kids? And then we'll take that one step further. And I do want to talk with you about the fact that so many children who deal with autism or are on the spectrum get sucked into this transgender ideology in our schools. And, and, and that's something that we don't talk about enough. And, and let's get to that, um, the vulnerability of some of these children. But to stay on the vaccines for a second, what, what, what were they thinking? I mean, honestly, to undermine, didn't they realize that American parents were going to say, wait a second, why do you want me to give my kid a medicine they don't need? So first off, I'm, I'm going to go back because my brain's taking notes as you're talking. Um, that this body that God made 100% is a self-healing mechanism. 
Um, if you boost our immune system and you do the proper things to fight off infections and diseases and viruses, then typically our bodies are designed to do so. God didn't screw up. Um, in regards to vaccines in the past saving lives, I disagree. Um, polio, because this is a big one. Everyone's like, polio saved lives. Polio took lives. And in initial studies with polio, monkeys were being paralyzed. And in the first 30 days that polio was released to thousands around the world, um, it killed many people and it paralyzed many people. Um, this is what healed this is what cured polio, cleaning the water system. They cleaned up the water system and people were drinking better water, so they were getting better. Um, vaccines, there were so many people back then. And I even spoke to a gentleman at a conference in October where he's like, me and my brother got um, vaccine-induced polio. And after that, my mother never gave us another vaccine again. So, so many people got polio from the vaccine. The measles epidemic in California or outbreak at Disneyland. Um, almost 100% of those people were or individuals were vaccinated. Um, the so-called outbreak of um, whooping cough, 100% of those those cases were vaccinated. So I'm here to tell you, you can get a vaccine and you can get the virus from the vaccine. When I was in the military every year, when I got the flu shot within two to three days, I got the most severe flu, but I had no choice. And the first time I ever questioned it, I got written up and I still had to go get my flu shot. And then I still got sick. So it, it's, I'm here to say you have to trust your God-given immunity to protect you, not big pharma with vaccines ever, because they have been poisoning you us. Know this, you, know you know they're going to censor this interview, just, just saying. Oh, I absolutely. 100%. I, I, had, um, I interviewed Dr. McCullough, um, and we talked about the fact that uh, – so many pregnant moms uh, were encouraged to take the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. And that was shocking to me because as a mom, I've carried five children and given birth to four children. I watched everything that I ate. I mean, you couldn't have cold cuts, right? You, there were so many different things that, you know, you were warned against eating or doing when you were pregnant and, and you safeguard that baby. That's your sole responsibility, right? Keep that baby healthy and safe. Um, and uh, so when I when I interviewed Dr. McCullough and we discussed that that YouTube pulled down that interview uh, and still doesn't have it up. And so oh, none of my interviews survive on YouTube. <laughs> so so you know the the idea that as an American citizen you can't have an honest conversation about you know different medications or vaccinations. Um, is so concerning. And the fact that two moms getting together and talking about, you know, just what's best for your children. And, and I mean, it's your sole job as a mom, you know, yeah. you've got one job, 
really, you know, take, you take care of your children, you die for your children, you do anything to protect them. Um, and so the idea that, you know, it's dangerous to have honest conversations or to question things are so, it's so incredibly concerning. Um, Tracy, I do want to talk with you about the public school system and children with autism and special needs within the school systems, because um, during COVID, school systems were closed, but they were still receiving uh, money for special education. Who knows where that money went? Because we know yeah. the interventions weren't happening. Um, the question becomes, are the interventions helpful in school? Are we truly doing what we need to do to help children with autism to be successful in classrooms? What has your experience been like? So in my, it, it could go one way or it could go the other. It, it honestly depends on where you're at. Um, I mean, Noah received great services through the public school district, but yet did it stop the fact that I had to battle for him nonstop? Did it stop that the school lost my child when he was in elementary school because he eloped? Did it, it you know, does it, does it stop them being fed information that they shouldn't be fed? So I never realized until COVID hit that my son was watching CNN news, that he was, he was learning like the oddest things in school that make no sense and that my son should not learn. Um, and then it became, you know, uh, kids are, you know, these kids are very vulnerable. So they are tar targeting our artistic community whether they're adults or they're children, 100%. Because they're- Yeah, please go ahead, I'm sorry. They're the easiest to brainwash and manipulate. And it's not to say that they are not intelligent. They're extremely intelligent. But unfortunately, they are very vulnerable. So I can tell you that, you know, my son came home from school one day when COVID first started and the vaccine first was rolled out. And he's like, all my friends have gotten the vaccine. Why won't you let me get it? Oh, <laughs> let me tell you a million reasons why. But we will start with the fact that one, any vaccine can kill you. So a lot of times when these kids have underlying conditions, because I'll get from parents, well, my one child um, was fine and received the same vaccines and the other child was not. So I can tell you that if your child has genetic predispositions like MTHFR, mitochondrial dysfunction, those types of things, one, MTHFR, their, their bodies are not going to methylate properly. They're not going to get rid of toxins. You have, to break so, down, you have to break down the acronyms for us because I'm not up with the acronyms. So what does that stand for? So, um... Oh my gosh. You asked me what MTHFR stands for. I don't know. Um, I say, look it up, but it's, so it's a genetic disorder and it means that we just don't methylate properly. But so, I mean, every child's so different, Tracy, every child, like, I mean, you know, four kids, every child is so different. So of course their, their physical makeup and their biological makeup is going to be different. Yes. 100%. Because my son, who has MTHFR, I have MTHFR. We both have mitochondrial dysfunction. And there was an actual study that was done um, that showed, and it's in my book, 
that I reference that if a child has mitochondrial dysfunction, which is very hard to diagnose because it's usually a muscle test, um, if they have that pre-genetic disposition and they receive the regular vaccine schedule, the chances of them regressing into a state of autism is over 80%. Wow. So I'm going to just go ahead and, th- you know, throw the book at it and say it's almost a definite that if a child has these underlying conditions, they are going to have some sort of regression with neurotoxins. So you have all these neurotoxins in in preservatives in your vaccines, you know, aluminum, mercury. And then they went after like uh, this whole big deal about thumerosol and removing it from the MMR when it wasn't really in the MMR. I think it was in the DTaP. Um, But it, but yet it's still in the flu shot and you're still giving my kid a flu shot. So none of this stuff makes sense. Stay away from the vaccines. I didn't understand. I did. I vaccinated my son up to age three until I found out what was going on with them. I found out more about biomedical intervention. I was reading like Jenny McCarthy's books, um, you know, going to conferences, um, parent talks, you name it. I was absorbing as much information as I possibly could because I had to in such a short time. No, it was three and a half and I had a very short window to get him where I needed to get him. And I did it. And I did it by being like 100% like very clear as to what went into his body. And I did it myself. So I didn't ask Noah to do anything I didn't do myself. And he's like a genetic makeup of me because every problem I have, he has vice versa. Um, so in, but yeah, look at me, I was in the military. You want to know how many vaccines I've received? I did. I can't count. You know, they say that, you know, when they first go in, they receive about 13 vaccines in one day. Um, I do remember standing in that line going from vaccine to vaccine to vaccine, like, like, uh, like a robot. And, you know, so all these things, none of it makes sense. The math don't make sense. And it didn't make sense to me from the beginning, due to the fact that when I was in the military, I did industrial hygiene and environmental protection. My job was to do shop visits and it was to prescribe the proper PPE for the workplace. So the fact that people were putting paper masks on their face blew my mind. And my husband, too, because he works with industrial hygienists. So what? we went to the grocery store. Yeah, here's, yeah, here's the thing about that. In schools. We do have uh, children who have immune issues. You deal with children who do need to be safeguarded. And the fact that they told teachers who may deal with immune issues or students who and parents who may, dealing, may be dealing with immune issues that this paper mask was somehow going to safeguard their child from an aerosolized virus was a lie. And as a school board member, I refused to lie to parents. Parents deserve honest, accurate information so that they can make the best choice they can for their own child, an informed choice. And 
that that the the lies that we saw within the public education system, and I think a lot of people have saw all of that and said, "Wow, what a betrayal of trust!" Right? And and you early on got to see that with your son. I think there are a lot of other parents who have have felt that we know how many children there are with autism in America that have felt that as well and have struggled through trying to have their child diagnosed properly and then giving them the best support that they need. So Tracy, in schools, when you're dealing with a child with autism, when when you're sending your child, you you send any child into a school and there's a huge amount of trust that you're placing on that school system because that child is there without you. Um, And I don't think that people really... um, I don't think that people really understand how upsetting it is, what a betrayal of trust it is to parents to have their child indoctrinated, uh, bullied or lied to in school. Um, But for a a parent with a child with autism, I would imagine that your sensitivity meter to that is even higher. And and, and because you know that your child is going in with particular vulnerabilities. And so um, some advice for parents in the navigating with the public education system if their child does have autism. So when you when your child is diagnosed with autism or any neurological disorder for that matter, I'm not just going to single out autism. I'm going to tell you that you know it, it, it'll always be a battle. You will always be your child's best advocate. And there may be times where you may need assistance to hire an advocate or so on and so forth to really understand the paperwork and this and that. And I had to do that a couple of times. But um, what they're doing to kids these days is is crazy. So Noah was completely indoctrinated and, you know, we're having discussions and it's like, you know, I'm on one, me and Steve are on one side of the fence and Noah's on the other. And he's telling me, well, my friends did this. And I said, well, Noah, let me tell you. So all your friends got the vaccine. Every single one of them have gotten COVID and you have not gotten the vaccine, but you have not gotten COVID. So tell me, um, where did I go wrong in all this? You know, and why would you need it? But in in regards to masks, I've I've seen parents like the mama bears. I mean, they've literally, um, you know, Kimberly's gone to jail fighting the school boards for in regards to mask mandates. Her her daughter was singled out, and you know she broke out. So here here's my professional um, advice to parents. The masks don't work, and this is why. I can cough, and your eyes can absorb it. So there's one. Two, there is no proper seal on a mask as to what you're breathing, not breathing. Uh, Surgical masks were meant for surgery rooms, which are completely clean, um, and they prevent what you breathe out. It does not prevent what you breathe in. Um, And N95 masks prevent what you breathe in, not what you breathe out. But still, unless you have a full face respirator, people thought me and my husband were so funny. When COVID first broke out that we went to the grocery store in full face respirators and not paper masks. And people are like, well, that's silly. And I'm like, you know what's on your face is silly because it's not working. So 
these are things in regardless, we need to be exposed to, to germs and everything for our body to build that immune system. Um, and like, I, I keep going back to it. God knew what he was doing when he created us. And, but we keep, and then it, there was a study done on masks. This kills me. 13 different masks and every single one of them contained a layer of carcinogenic material. So what is it doing? You're breathing out garbage and that garbage is supposed to leave your body, not be re-inhaled, right? So it's trapping the garbage and then you're just breathing it back in. People are having lung issues. Um, Remdesivir was designed to... Murder people, and I don't really care what people have to say about that. It was clearly designed to build fluid up in the lungs, put somebody on a respirator as to where they would die. Because the each step gave the hospital money. You prescribe remdesivir, you got money. They got put on a ventilator, you got money. They died, you got even more money. And in it, what a sick world that that we we were living in that we still live in that it people even so people are becoming more wise to remdesivir that's for sure um they're becoming more wise to what to take but that initial covid virus that was going around at that time which i do believe was serious um it's no longer here will they release another bioweapon i don't know that's that's very much a possibility um, so I, I don't put anything past the government and what they'll do. I do tell families and parents, be prepared, prepare your children, make sure that you have, you know, non-perishable foods on hand, um, make sure that you have cash on hand, make sure that you have like maybe gold and silver, silver is easier to spend. So they say silver, um, anything, all these things that you can barter with, you'll be able to barter with a can of food if there's an EMP strike. And that means all of our power will go out. So electromagnetic pulse will knock out our cell phone towers, our power, and within one year, 90% of the population will die. So it's like, it, it's, it really is knowing where your water source is, having filters. I mean, I could tell you, I, I have a 5,000 square foot home and I have no place to put anything because my husband has so much stuff stored away if, for the end of the world. <laughs> but, you know, having just the basics, you know, um, to get you through like a couple months, God forbid, you know, a big bag of rice, even if you don't use it. Um, you know, make sure you, you have it. It's cheap. You know, grains are cheap. So all these things that we need to be prepared. We need to educate ourselves because I believe knowledge is power. So that's why I decided to do the autism health summit, um, as to where I can bring in like the best of the best speakers, just like Peter McCulloch and so many others, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, Del Big Tree, um, Dr. Dr. Judy Mikovits, and so many more. Um, to to get out there and tell the truth, to to educate parents on what's going on, but also to educate them on how do we heal the body. Um, because when you heal the body, you heal the brain. So and- tell us. So tell us, Tracy, remind us before we end, I want you to remind everyone, tell us about your summit, 
uh, when it when it happens, how people can get involved if they want to get involved. Um, talk to us about your book a little bit more and where that can be found, and then if people would like to follow you. Okay, so the conference will be held February second and third next month at at the JW Marriott San Antonio Hill Country Resort and Spa. So they can go to autismhealth.com to purchase tickets. Um, if they use AHS50, they can, as a promo code, they can get $50 off a ticket. Um, there's general admission, there's VIP, there's also professional tickets. So any um, professionals in the medical field, RNs, doctors that are looking to earn CME credits, um, we will be providing CME credits. So we do have a professional ticket. Um, you can get a virtual ticket. You can, um, you know, purchase it after the fact, um, which is just the cost of a virtual. And it gives you access to everything, all the materials. And then my book is wherever books are, you know, sold online. Um, I mean, any across the world. I mean, most people go to either Barnes and Noble or Amazon. It is in some Barnes and Noble stores and my Audible just came out. So I just finished my Audible. I did read it. Dr. Andrew Wakefield read his forward. Um, so people can get it on Audible and it's Warrior Mom, A Mother's Journey in Healing Her Son with Autism. Um, so it is wherever, you know, books are sold. Wonderful. And are you on social media at all? Where can people follow you? I am. So I'm mainly on Facebook and, and I, I am the only Tracy Slepsovic out there, I promise. <laughs> so if you follow the name um, and type it in, um, I think, so my Instagram, my warrior mom and my, my personal Instagram were hacked and taken over because I had thousands of followers. So I haven't even really bothered rebuilding it. I do have one for AHS conference okay. um, for the conference site, but I, honestly, I I haven't even bothered. I do have um, a uh, a Twitter account. Um, I'm mainly on Facebook, honestly. But well, I, I, you're inspiring to me because you're a mom who loved her son and loved her family so much that you have devoted so much time and energy, really your whole life, um, to ensuring that you can unfold your children's full potential. And your son is a credit to that, you know, to be able to live a full life um, is amazing. And I think there are a lot of parents with, whose children are diagnosed with autism that are often very scared and nervous about what the future holds. And so Warrior Mom, uh, go out and get that book. Read about how Tracy helped to heal her son and some of the steps that you can take to help to heal your child, to help them to live their best and most full life. Um, and it's a scary time to be a mom and a dad right now. There, you know, a lot of the, the things and in the, in the institutions that our parents and our country um, have come to know or trust uh, can no longer be trusted anymore. And we see that from our the medical associations and medical institutions to our um, places of higher education, our colleges and universities. Um, and then certainly, as we know at Moms for Liberty, our K through 12 public schools. Um, we don't celebrate any of this. 
Um, it's not nice or good to know that the medical establishment in our government may not have our best interests at heart, but we also need to do what's right for our families and to help our country move forward. And so to all of you listening, I hope that this podcast was informative for you. Um, I hope that if you're dealing with any of these issues or you want to learn about how to um, eat in a way that helps your body to heal itself, uh, follow Tracy, get the book. And Tracy, I just want to thank you for your time uh, to talk to us today a little bit about your family and your journey in healing your son. And I do appreciate your time as well. Happy New Year to everyone. A healthy and happy New Year and many blessings. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks, Joyful Warrior. See you next time.